0: Hello and good morning and welcome to the Morning After podcast with your host, Kai Michelle. Um, This morning I'm joined by a really special friend. Um, But first, I just want to go ahead and touch on what exactly the Morning After podcast is to me. So the Morning After podcast with Kai Michelle was created for shameless conversations and just allowing the good times to roll, Um, regardless of where our conversations may take us. Just allowing everything to just like, you know, be out and open and just on the table. You know, when you wake up early in the morning and either if you're joined by somebody or not, you know, you're at your freshest, most heightened self and anything that happens after that, it can be completely unpredictable. It can be shameless. It can just be letting the good times roam. So again, my name is Kai Michelle and I am joined by my special guest for today, Dewan. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Hey y'all, my name is Duan. I'm from the Bahamas. I am currently a chemist. Ooh. Ooh. And I'm just a free spirit. So let's see where this conversation goes
0: today. Okay. All right, Duan. So when you first heard the the name of my podcast, the morning after, what was the first thing that came to mind?
1: Girl. <laughs> <laughs> So, what I thought the morning after would be, particularly, is um, literally the morning after a wild experience. Right. You get to recap uh, what happened the day before, how you felt, who you did things with, not specifically, like, not the specific details, but it's Mm -hmm. just, like, the morning after something wild happened.
0: Right, right. Okay. All right. Morning after wild, okay. What you going into the wild doing? nothing (laughs) Ah, okay well I heard that uh I definitely like you know I enjoy the name of my podcast because it's just intriguing already like you we don't know what's going to happen the morning after Mm -hmm. you don't know how the morning after like what's going to go on um I get a mixture of like you know different people's tidbits and I love to hear what people thought exactly the morning after was going to be so you you don't have any Crazy, wild stories you want to share with us about the morning after?
1: We well, can come back to it. <laughs> you oh, want to no. come back to it? <laughs> we're,
0: we're Listen, to. it is all good. So I just want to go ahead and raise a toast. Uh, the tomo- uh, The. Blah. I just want to raise a toast to the mimosas that I have for today. Um, today our mimosas are orange and mango. And how do you like these mimosas so far?
1: It's mom. It's tasty.
0: You know, mm-hmm. I like tropical drinks. So this this is good for me. Right, my girl is from the Bahamas. So Mm -hmm. today what we're going to get into, um, this topic, it it can be very broad. However, I feel like it's an important conversation to continuously happen because what we do um, when we have constant um, conversations, we're normalizing the help that's needed in a specific area. We're normalizing the fact that um, people that go through certain things aren't alone, right? Um, We're also creating like a comfort zone for individuals to be able to say like, wow, I went through that or, um, I can't believe there's somebody else out there that's like me or even somebody else that I may know that experienced other things. So today what we're going to be touching on is going to be the over-sexualization of black women, black girlhood, um, and things of that nature that links to sexual trauma. And, um, As many of you may know that do uh, follow me on social media, you also know that I'm a sex blogger, and um, my mission with my sex blog is to advocate for black girl pleasure, and um, I do truly believe that you can't really advocate for black girl pleasure if you don't understand what would be stopping you from just allowing yourself to be a free spirit, kind of like what you said when you first got on the mic, you said you're a free spirit, Um, so My question to you right now was going to be, what is your free spiritness, if that's a word, what is it rooted in?
1: Well, the fact that it's free spirit means that it's limitless. So Mm -hmm. for me, I'm a curious person. So me being free is literally if there's something that I find intriguing or I'm curious about something, I'm going to go and experience it myself. I don't like, well, I do like reviews from other people. However, I feel like for myself when i get to experience something i make my own consensus on it it's just like okay well this is this someone said this was a negative thing or someone said this was a positive thing i get to bring my own self to it bring my whole embodiment to whatever i'm curious about like it could be a person it could be a place it could be a whole experience but being a free spirit is literally being free to do whatever i want and not being shamed about it either. Even if other people feel, oh, well, I wouldn't do that. Oh, what would they think? Oh, I don't give a damn. <laughs> because I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to be happy about it. I'm going to sleep good at night and I'm peaceful.
0: Right. And that's that's your confidence. That's your truth that you walk in, right?
1: Mm-hmm. It's my truth.
0: It's your truth and it's your confidence. And I I love the word confidence. Um, however, I hate when the word confidence is like rooted for me in like a backhanded compliment. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I am plus size and I feel the same way. I love myself and I don't care what the next person says. Um, But they can say something to me like, oh, my God, girl, you're wearing a a tank top. You're so confident. I love that. I wish I could do that. And when people say stuff like that, I'd be like, I don't really think me being in a tank top is confidence. I think it's just I'm comfortable in my skin.
1: I think they're projecting their own insecurities Mm -hmm. onto you. So it's just they feel like you're confident because it's something they wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. They, would, they would be so uncomfortable doing that. So they're like, oh, my God, I see this person. She's doing this. She has to be confident. But you're so used to everything you're doing. Like, it's just a normal thing to be mm-hmm. But for them, it's just like, if I do this, the world's going to end. What am I going to look like? I'm th- because it's projection.
0: It's they're worried about the, the judgment that comes with it, mm-hmm. the judgment. And then, um, you know, of course, like you said, the, the projection and perceiving people in a certain way. Um, I just remember, like you know, growing up in high school. Um, I went to eight different high schools. My mom she moved around a lot, but um, no matter what high school you went to, or even if you were watching a movie or TV show, you know, you always had that one person that was on campus that everybody like you know loved to talk about. Like you know, call her a hoe. Like she do this, she do that. Mm -hmm. And um, especially in movies, when you would watch them that main character that they would always, like, you know, objectify and over-sexualize of being a certain way was never really that way. It was just because of the way that they carried their self or, like, how their body was shaped, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then even the same thing in families. So um, I remember this girl I went to school with, and she just had a real big old booty, mm-hmm. right? And because, and I'm now being an adult, and even now at that time, I don't, I really think that they just called her a hoe and out of her name because she had a big booty. Mm-hmm. And when she would walk, it would kind of jiggle. Mm-hmm. And all the dudes would be like, dang, she had a big booty. But then all the girls would be like, she had a big nasty booty. She just nasty, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it it go, it went from that to continue to grow. And what if that would have been like the only version we had on our campus? but Because she had a, a big booty that jiggled when she walked. Mm-hmm. She was perceived as a hoe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you can zoom in onto, uh, and I can only speak on black families, right? Because I come from a black family. Not sure what the other nationalities doing theirs, but um, you could hear in stories, over conversations, or even in movies and shows, um, if you were built a certain way, or even had a specific um, uh, article clothing on, you're fast. You, um, you're being a hoe. Um, you must be having sex Because uh, your boobs are growing Your hips are spreading Hell, even some people I've heard women say that They were accused of being um, of having sex Because they got their period early um, Earlier than like their teenage years Like their mother or their grandma may have gotten it mm-hmm. Or even just called a hoe Because they did get their period And I just think it's crazy How um, these words are casted out on girls going through black girlhood like this is even before you can really just touch on the fact that you may be curious or you are going through puberty so you are quote unquote in heat or whatever and I just think it's crazy how we project that stuff off such at an early age of um, you being fast because you dress a certain way or you fast because your body's developed and that carries on into your adulthood um, and it can damn well be in that projection and the type of comments that I received, like, "Wow, well, I wish I was that confident," because what if that that buzz in the back of that person's head is always, "I can't dress like that because my granny called me fast," mm. you know?
1: I felt that because anklets. My mm. grandma told me, "Oh, you can't uh, wear anklets because you' not a hoe. You don't be selling yourself on the corner." Mm. I'm like, "What an anklet got to do with me popping it off?" Yeah,
0: about being a hoe,
1: like. Sis, it's just an anklet. Mm-hmm. She was like, "No, the anklet represents something for them. It does. Mm-hmm. However, everybody has a different meaning for different things, mm-hmm. so it's subjective." And I'm like, "You have to understand that different things mean different things to different people. You have perspectives, mm-hmm. and that's why everybody has their own individuality based on." their experiences going back to the periods happening early we're in an age where everybody's trying to preserve things with Mm -hmm. chemicals so with preservatives it's going to react with your hormones in your body and it's probably causing the younger generation to develop quicker because of all these additives they've added to the to the food because a little back in the day, everybody was eating like I mean, farm-raised more like fresh food. But now they're trying to keep food for two to three months. They're using these preservatives. They're using these chemicals that going into your body reacts, mm-hmm. and so it's going to shorten the time frame. And it's going to start your puberty early. It's also going to start menstruation early. It's going to start menopause early, and that's why right. we have people starting menopause in their thirty. Right. So. It's just like you just have to be educated about things. Yeah. If you're not educated, then you just start making up things. Like, and that's with the whole whole thing thing. Like, they only seen big booties as strippers or big booties on porn. Mm -hmm. So when they see a big booty in real life, they go and relate it. Related to that because that's the only thing they could relate it to. Right. Instead of educating themselves that this could be a genetic trait. Like, they, their family could have them big old... Everybody
0: could just have a big old booty. And... Right.
1: Like, my family, little baby, they is dragging them wagons. <laughs> not <laughs> okay? the wagons. Dragging. Dragging. <laughs> they there. <laughs> okay. And so, it's just like, you could have a big booty and not be enough, doing nothing. I have cousins who are virgins. Fully. Figure eight. Curvy. Mm-hmm. Everything. No one has ever touched them. Right. So, it's just like, do you not understand genetics? Do you not want to educate yourself more about everybody? Or do you want to be ignorant about everything? Mm-hmm. And ignor- ignorance could be in a negative or positive light. If you know you're ignorant towards a situation, educate yourself. Don't be, don't be stupid.
0: Right. Right. I don't like
1: I don't like I really don't like calling people stupid, but if you are blatantly ignorant to the fact and you're just like, oh, it has to be this because of your one experience instead of broadening your whole your mindset, then you are stupid. Mm-hmm. And you're 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 choosing to be stupid about everything and you're mm-hmm. choosing to be ignorant. And so I'm just like, you have to educate
0: yourself, baby. Right. Do you um do you think um the the projection that was placed over the girls of our generation Do you think that over-sexualization that happened during their um, black girlhood years prevents them from being their true sensual self to this day?
1: Yes. Why? I, I definitely feel that because I feel like Everyone tries a limit or they try something, and when they are bashed for it or reprimanded, they're like, Okay, I can't do this action anymore. It's almost like when you have a child and you're like, I don't want him to do this anymore, so I'm gonna do something negative. And then th- that negative action you do towards it or that punishment mm-hmm. is gonna cause them not to do it anymore. So if they're like, Oh, I wanna wear this tube top because it looks cute on me, right. and then they wear it out and they get the reaction like, Oh, you dress like a hoe, they're gonna do everything in their power never to hear that, not to hear that again because has such a negative connotation to it and they don't want to be seen negatively because they care about other people's and society's opinions.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: with that, it's just like, okay, I did this, I tried this this one time and it was bad, I'm not going to do it again. Now, if it was like, oh, girl, you look good, you look amazing and that too top, they're going to, it's going to reinforce that behavior. Mm-hmm. And so, what happens is that negative reinforcement is just like, oh, I'm not going to wear this because I don't want to be seen as a whole. Right. And then anyone they see after that, even though they did it before mm-hmm. because they were reprimanded for it, they're going to reprimand everything else because now they're projecting what happened to them. Mm-hmm. And they never was to the point where it's just like, I don't care what you say. I look good. I'm comfortable in my skin. Mm-hmm. I'm not a hoe. I know what I'm doing. You can keep your own opinions. Your opinions have nothing to do with me.
0: Correct, because that's your own insecurity and projection, right? And even when it comes to that, um, I'm pretty sure, you know, you're on, you're on social media. A lot of us are. Um, Abbott, uh, a- Abbott. <laughs> Amber Ooh. Rose and her slut walk. I remember when she first put up her slut walk, um, that was younger version, Kai. That was uh, the version of Kai that... Um, hadn't discovered her sensual self that wasn't into her sexuality at that time. So Mm -hmm. when she first did it, I was like, what the freak? Like, what is a slut walk? Like, what's going on? And it wasn't until, like, I really started to come into myself that I realized that, like, you know women like Amber Rose were taking these negative words and these negative connotations and reimagining them, changing the the, if, you know, if you're going to call me a hoe then I'm just going to be a hoe, you know. Kind of like the same when people used to, you know, call people a bitch and just mean it like in the most demeaning negative way. You know, you're a bitch and then as time progressed you have women, specifically black women, that would be like the baddest or, you know, make sure you put miss in front of that. If I'm going to be the bitch, I'm going to be the best bitch, you know. If I'm going to be a bitch, I'm going to be a damn good one. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I I feel like that's the same thing when it comes to the word hoe. And I love that uh, a lot of black women are starting to reclaim that. Like, if you're going to call me a hoe, like, okay. Because I'm in touch with my sexuality and my sensuality. So now I'm a hoe because I know what I like. And it's like, it doesn't matter um, what we do. We're going to be, and I don't want to say 100% of the time because not all men or not all people are always going to bash us, right? Mm-hmm. But it's going to always be a good percentage of the time of if we know our body too well, oh, you must be fucking a lot. Okay, but if I did, I'm okay. Like, I'm I'm tested. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't know your body, you know, your partner or whomever can get upset with you, like, why don't you know what you like? You right. know? Or why does that bother you? Or, you know, why can't I touch you there? And it's like a lot of pent-up um, Feelings and shame that we have or women have um, that don't uh, want to allow their body to fill and go or even their thoughts to fill and go a certain way. Um, and this is all just based upon like, you know, so many stuff that happens in our past. And I just love the fact that there are a lot of us women like myself and you that can take words and understand that, hey, this is probably coming from a place of ignorance, mm-hmm. of misunderstanding. You know, you're projecting this at me. I get it. But because I'm so comfortable in free will, I also understand that you get this perception of me because I am like I am. Right. And if that's how you want to perceive me, cool. And if you want to know more, cool. And if you don't, that's fine, too.
1: But the crazy part is the only places that really put this emphasis and negative connotation on sexual freedom is the Western Hemisphere. When you go to the Eastern part of the world, oh, baby, they are free. Mm-hmm. To be, they, they give each other, like, education on, like, sex stds condoms everything because they know that sex is a natural act for some people it's more spiritual Mm -hmm. everyone has a different thing they have connected with sex right and you have to find that for yourself you can't let what granny told you oh well you have to have sex with this this man and you have to do exactly what he says to Mm -hmm. do because this is the man who's going to control your life and he's having sex with 50 other women and you aren't understanding what your body wants, or you're just doing what he wants. Mm. You're not able to communicate. And I've met people who are like, I don't even tell my partner what to do. They should already know. Mm. No, no. No, they shouldn't. No.
0: You gotta, you gotta walk your partner through stuff. So like, um, it's like a meme, right? And the meme is like, a man that a walk that'll talk you through your orgasm is a demon. And I'd be like, ooh, girl, if that ain't the truth, you know? <laughs> listen, if that ain't the truth, but at the same time a woman who also knows her body to tell that man, like, don't stop, you know, apply pressure right there. That hurts. Hey, you know, um, or even applying like you know safe words. Um, um, a lot of people think that that's linked to like a, a BDSM community, which we'll touch at, at a later time. We're not gonna touch on BDSM today, mm-hmm. but <laughs> but you know implementing a safe word, <laughs> implementing a safe word into your sexual partner and y'all practices will help too. Um, for example, like if you if you like to be choked, you know, right. um, your partner could be doing it too hard because he's too passionate and it may start hurting, and you don't want him to stop, you know you just want him to ease up a little bit so maybe a little arm tap or a little like you know grab his hands move it around a little bit you should be able to communicate whether it be verbally or physically of what you like because yeah that man can walk you and talk you through to your orgasm but in order for him to get you there he has to follow some type of directive as well right mm-hmm. and even with this being said being um, being timid to speak up in the bedroom is also linked to some sort of trauma or projection from your past. Mm -hmm. Because, like you just said, some women be like, he should know what to do with my body. Because the same thing, somebody, they may have overheard it, like a man should know what he's supposed to do and da-da-da. So that carries with us because nobody really taught us as black girls how to be sensual and how to understand ourselves and what we like. We just think that what we thought, and some of us still do, we think that, like, you know, it's all supposed to just come to us and be lined up. But right. we have to figure out what we like. We have to figure out what's good to us and what isn't. Mm-hmm. So.
1: It, <laughs> girl, I just, I just don't understand. And then people want to place self-worth in someone else's hand. I'm like, how are you letting your appraisal of your worth be in someone else who doesn't even know you's mm-hmm. hand? Like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm.
0: Because they don't know.
1: Speak quickly.
0: <laughs> they don't know how.
1: Right. But you have to unteach yourself these things. You have to unteach yourself everything and start over because now you're an adult. How long are you going to live in the mindset where I learned this growing up or my mom taught
0: me this? You're 46. <laughs> you are 46 years of age. And you still, don't, you still don't know what you like. You still say, I've never had an orgasm before. Um, and hey, a lot of women haven't. A lot of women have it. And it's a good percentage of women who may never have um, an orgasm through penetrative sex. Mm-hmm. We understand that. But there's other ways you can get orgasms. Mm-hmm. But unless you take the time to really figure out what that is for you and your partner, you may never achieve it. And listen, achieving an orgasm huh. It is some work. But, baby, when you get there and you have that euphoric feeling. Yes. Child. That's a
1: new type of freedom. Like, when you release (laughs) that sacral chakra, baby. Baby boy. Listen, when you release, when you open that door, when you're able to express that, people, (laughs) they notice that, too. Yes. They notice in the way you walk. They know how confident Mm. you are. In your sexual energy yes, You have to be confident in your sexual energy
0: Sensuality, I remember Shoot, I think one of our very first Conversations that we had that was very Deep, like as we began our, our friendship Journey was um, Over the book, The Art of Seduction by mm. Robert Green, you know, that's one of my favorite books That book is the book that Led me to wanting to be a sexologist And teach sex, because When I read The Art of Seduction, it was like Damn, there's all these different Seducer traits, and I I do feel like I'm a part of each one, but then at the same time, there was one specific one that that stood out to me the most, and I was just like, I feel like I am a siren. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, being able to ingest the knowledge that I got from the art of seduction, mm-hmm. and then at the same time ingesting the knowledge that I got from, our, from people's love languages, and being able to like read a person's body language mm-hmm. um, through conversation or being around them one time, being able to understand their love language, And then ultimately knowing how to seduce them. Um, And I'm just so glad of the not not so proud of the knowledge that I've obtained because, yes, I I can definitely get it to work in my favor. But I often choose to turn that sexual siren energy off because sometimes my sexual energy can just be so powerful that it attracts the wrong person or wrong or wrong people. And. Just like men can say, like, you know, oh, man, we can get hard out of nowhere. Women, sometimes our coochies can just get wet out of nowhere because you sense somebody else's sexual energy. And I'm going to ask you this question. Have you ever been around a man and you just started having a conversation and you're not necessarily flirting, but because you're so in tune with your sensual sexual self that you feel their sacral power reaching out to you? Have you ever felt that before? Yes. Girl, I've had that before, and I just had to look at that person. Like, if you don't turn it down, I need you to. I don't know you, and I'm just trying to check out. And sir, excuse me, I need to. Right. Bye. <laughs> have you ever felt that before? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> what
1: happened?
0: Um. <laughs> I couldn't talk. It was.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I can talk. Mhm. I can talk. Like you just.
0: You kind of choke up. Yeah. If it's too like, overbearing, you yes, can't talk.
1: That's what I've met before, mm-hmm. and it's just like I can't. I can't. I don't know what to do. Like. I'm sweating everywhere it's hot what the hell i don't know you you stammer, so, right and then stuttering can't can't figure out what you're doing forgetting what you even came for right like it's happened to me quite a few times um especially like um the most like the most frequent times was like someone i dated recently and like it's just like whew, i could see them mm. just see them and they don't have to even be talking to me and it's just like someone
0: get me some get me a fan listen (laughs) get me something listen I I remember a specific in um instance this man his cologne it smelled so good and um you know scent is definitely a non-sexual turn-on and he smelled so good and even without me seeing him like my body was like you know perked up I was like Oh my god like what is that smell like I, I knew it was a man you know and I was like mm, somebody smells good but I just continue. I was in the grocery store I just continued to shop and I was like I gotta see like where the scent came from right so I walked around to the other aisle I did. I, I kind of like, acted like a little it? dog. And mm-hmm. I went and I seen him. And he, he looked good. He looked good. I was like, okay. Um, he wasn't like the, oh, my God, drop dead gorgeous man right. to me. But he looked good. But I will say that that scent led me. And me, if you know me, I'm real talkative. I just walked up to him. I was like, excuse me. I, was, I really wasn't trying to flirt. Excuse me, sir. I was like, I just want to let you know you smell really good. I was like, I smelled you on the next aisle over. And I just wanted to say that you smell good. And he was like, thank you. I said, you're welcome. And he came back and he found me. On another aisle, so I guess he was looking. He like, damn, this girl gonna step to me. I'm finna step to her. And when he stepped to me, like that confidence that I thought I had when I stepped to him, like, oh, mm-hmm. you smell good, and walk away, it was like his energy was like, where you think you going? Hey, hi. What's your name? I'm um, uh, Kai. Okay oh, okay, like, you know. <laughs> now I'm thinking, like, damn, what, what, what was I cooking for dinner? Was it spaghetti? Was it Right. P- you forgot everything. Got, you know? And it wasn't even on, like, the way he spoke. It was kind of like his energy was, like, at attention. And it put my energy at attention. And I was just like, whoo! And I love hate when that type of thing happens because I act like I don't know what to do. You know? Like, like if, Beyonce saying that song. Happy birthday, Beyonce, by the way. But like Beyonce <laughs> saying that song, sending me a drink at the bar and appeasing, believe me, right? Okay. okay, it can't. But sometimes, you know, when they come up and it just hits you with that, that energy, it'd be like, oh. Um,
1: because it doesn't oh, happen that often. It
0: doesn't happen. So it's when it happens, And that's you're the appeasing thing.
1: Right, because ain't much people gonna align with you with that type of energy. Mm-mm. And it's like scary. It, it is. And it sometimes it causes you to be in situations you shouldn't even be in. <laughs> <laughs> it causes you to be in situations you shouldn't be in. You know damn well you should not be with that person, but that energy keeps pulling you back. So what's the what's the purpose?
0: Because, because- you're curious and it's a itch you got to scratch.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes you just have to I don't know, sometimes you just have to be bad and just, <laughs> Sometimes you just have to allow yourself to be bad and just be like enamored by that type of energy mm-hmm. and sometimes it's like a mixture of like um that sensual energy and it's also adding into that that masculine energy and it's allowing your feminine energy to just like be soft you know and it's like ah oh, I can be soft and then at the same time your sensual energy is like yeah you be soft but there is is a lot of heat right here and um I know we're not supposed to play with fire, but I don't know, baby, this feel like wax. Like it may get hot for a little bit, but I think it's going to cool down. (laughs) Right. And then sometimes this happens
1: when you're lacking something in one area of your energy and they are exuding more. So it's just like it's filling up that little void. And you're Mm -hmm. like, why is this happening? But you didn't even notice that you're at a deficit in Mm -hmm. this area and they're at a surplus. So it's just like. Ooh. And then, when you get your little fill, you met like you, you are at a balance now, you're no longer interested. Mm-hmm. And that happens, and it's just like that's weird, but it's just like your body knows the energy you need, right? And it's gonna go after that,
0: mm. it's gonna
1: find that. So, yeah. at the moment, if you need sensuality and someone is exuding sensuality, it's gonna be like, <gasps> <you're laughs> like, like a, <laughs> right? And then, when you get that, you're just like, okay, that was cool, I don't need <laughs> you no more because you're human and these are human characteristics mm-hmm. you're gonna try and find balance in every part of your life
0: right so. and, and, and sometimes we, we need that, that that balance that brings us in mm. what you know about sensuality Dawn tell me something tell you something like I gotta show you ooh, ooh you gotta <laughs> show me well gotta... have our have our listeners like close their eyes and imagine what is sensuality to you okay. what is that
1: Hmm. sensuality to me is let's imagine some candles let's imagine some jazz Mm. low low music you have you don't even need to touch you just you just hearing your favorite instrument doing a solo you're having your favorite meal in front of you. you can smell the aroma from it you don't even you don't have to look at it you can close your eyes and imagine all of this you are now you're touching yourself that's what sensuality is you you touch in every part of you it's getting hot it's getting pressure your head like there is pressure inside your head and you're just you're just starting to to get to the point where you need to release sensuality is is everything and nothing at the same time sensuality is anything you like and don't like sensuality is something you you imagine it's 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 like your your fantasies just coming alive. The sensuality to me is like it's your hair sticking up on your hand, honey. Mm. It's like it's standing up. Listen, that's what sensuality does to me. Like you, you don't even like for me. I have a practice where if I come out the shower, I'm gonna light a candle, and when I'm putting the oil on my body, I'm playing some R and B music, mm-hmm. and that is so sensual to me. I feel like I'm filling myself with so much whatever the words are. I'm listening to, and mm-hmm. I'm rubbing on myself. Oh, I'm feeling good. And when I leave out that day, you wouldn't even notice how much people look at you, but you're exuding whatever you put into yourself. Yes. yeah. And you don't even need someone else to do that for you. You
0: don't. I feel like, um, I do the same. I start every morning out with being in tune with my sensual self and- if I if, if I ain't in tune with anything else, I know I'm in tune with my sensuality and my sexuality. I'm so comfortable being that person, and it took a, it took a, I don't want to say a lifetime because I'm only 27. I got a minute to go, but it took my 27 years of life to understand, like you know. Who I am, you know, centrally, to be able to brush off projections, to be able to um, brush off Um, over-sexualization, not really from, like, my immediate family, but even from just people that I grew up around, like, you know. Um, saying hurtful things to me because of my body size. Like mm-hmm. I've always been plus size um, or fat. The word fat has never bothered me. And just a sidebar, I hate when people be like, oh, my God, you're not fat. You're beautiful. I'd be like, I never said I was ugly. I just right. said I am <laughs> And I'm, I'm comfortable with that, but I've always been comfortable in self. So being able to just continue to grow up and exude that and even deal with people that are like literally like, why are you so happy? Or, like, you know, why are you... how And how are you so in tune with yourself? And then being able to become an adult, a woman, a black woman, and I highly recommend a black woman. But anyway, to be able to grow into becoming a black woman and just in tune with myself, I love that. But I start every morning and I end every evening with R&B music. Mm. Um, I love it. I love my 90s slow jams. I love... I just love... Good love making music and not necessarily i'm in my feelings or i'm just ready to do freaky deaky shit all the time it's just literally like i love to start my mornings off i just love to put my r&b playlist on shuffle and you know get in the shower out the shower and put my perfumes and lotions on and for a long time and also i'm going to talk about what type of scent you wear but like for me I love to wear like soft vanilla notes Mm because vanilla can be loud, but I like to wear soft vanilla notes and I like to accentuate them with like um, citrus, like oranges and lemons Mm. and things like that because they're so energetic and I feel like the soft vanilla notes kind of like bring people in because it's like I smell something faint, but I don't know. But at the same time, I smell juicy because mm-hmm. you smell the orange and the, the citrus, and it's like, you know, people hug me, and it's like, oh my God, you smell good, but you have one. Like, I always have some type of vanilla notes. Mm-hmm. I only buy vanilla deodorants. I only buy vanilla body mist. Mm-hmm. And um, on top of that, my lotions are either always vanilla or citrus, and then I wear body oils. Okay. And those, they they're embedded in my clothes, they're embedded in my bed, my mm-hmm. sheets. Um, if I go to my nigga house or a nigga house it's in his bed. <laughs> and you you smell me even when I'm not there. But anyway, that's my personal scent, and I just love to put those on and listen to my music. So when I step outside the door, um, depending on my mood, I don't really get mad about it anymore. But, you know, people honking their horn or they stopping me in the grocery store, rolling down their window and passing like I'm in a car in the next lane over and you trying to get my attention, sir, because I exude all this... Confidence, this beautyness, this this self security, this awareness. I know who I am. I could step out my house with no makeup on, no hair, and baby, I'm good. I'm I'm good, baby. I had somebody on the highway one time, like, sir is speeding up. Like, excuse me, I need you to pull over. And I'm looking at you like, nigga, no, you could be crazy trying right. to kill me, but it's just like something is so intriguing about you. I gotta know, right? You know what is it? And then baby, God forbid they get a whiff, and it's like, oh damn, she smells child and i'm hmm, listen but yeah same thing as you i started i started off or even ended with that r&b and i feel like it just like continues to just add on to my energy to my charge but mm-hmm. what kind of scents what are what are your smells what are your scents
1: so i do i do play with the vanilla scents as well mm-hmm. but i also because you know i like being from the islands and i you know capitalize on my island i love it i always go for tropical scents too mm-hmm. and then i'm starting to get into like is this scent one of my friends bought me for my birthday, Chanel Chance. Mm-hmm. Betty. when I put that on, when I walked out of, out of my apartment, my neighbors, they're Saudi Arabian, they was like, ooh. Ooh, <laughs> don't straight up, Hold ooh. They said, ooh. I was like, y'all is cutting up. Y'all have a good day. <laughs> when I went up, they was like, what's that saying? You smell good, baby. I was like, this Chanel. They was like, "Oh,"
0: mm.
1: <laughs> And I'm like, I don't even think it's that expensive. But, but it then good. I didn't good. buy it for myself, mm-hmm. but it is good. And you only need one spray of that and it lasts all day. And it day.
0: lasts.
1: And I can't even put my finger on what the scent is, but it like, it gives me that extra confidence. Right. I don't know what it is.
0: It's something about smelling good that really give women um, that extra confidence. Um, and it's like... Sometimes we have it on and we have it on all day. We don't even realize that it's still lingering mm-hmm. because people will follow us or they'll give you a hug and they would be like, oh, my God, you smell good. Like I, I've been wearing the same scents for years, like literally. They've just upgraded. And I remember in undergrad, this dude used to always give me a hug during a passing period or whenever he see me. And every time he would give me a hug, he'd be like, girl, you smell so good. Like, he just loved hugging me because he knew he was gonna be able to smell that scent. You know, or even now, like as an adult, you know, we go to a lot of the same, like get-togethers. And one of my personal favorite compliments is always, damn, you smell good. Or, you know, even in the act of being in the bedroom, when you're with that man, and then he tell you, like, you smell good. It's like, oh, you like the way I, we doing the doing? You're like, oh, what are you, oh, like thank you. You know, and it kind of, it takes you out of the moment. But then at the same time, it's just like, ah, whatever I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing it right. And I know I'm doing a damn good job. So, um, I don't know. Is, is it something to do with, like, citrus smells, you think, that adds to sensuality? Do you think it's like, like a, a pheromone? that's in, like, you know, citrusy scents, because, you know, you said you're from the islands. And oftentimes we do know that our people from the islands are very, you know, free in clothing and dancing. And it doesn't always have to be clouded with the projection of just being over-sexualized. But what do you think that's in these these citrus scents that make people just, like, puck up their face and, like, wonder where this is coming from? Okay,
1: so, one, the citrus scents, it, it... it's like it reminds you of these tropical places when you smell it 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 reminds you of a tropical paradise like when you smell citrus you automatically start to think about vacation you start to think about a good time. You start
0: to think about happiness.
1: Right. But the thing is, with the pheromones, your skin, the chemicals in your skin react different to different chemicals. Because the same um oh, come on, I Come like, through,
0: chemists.
1: You see what I'm saying? So, the same um, perfume I would wear, but I'm like, oh, this smells so good on me. It might smell like toilet water on someone else because of those chemical reactions in their mm-hmm. skin. So, we like citrus scents because it smells good on us. And or in people, our body chemistry. Right. On our body chemistry. And the people are just like, oh, I like the way you smell. You make me feel like i'm on vacation mm. like a good time a fun time a fun girl girl
0: okay, not a you fun said, girl
1: listen a fun girl because they done met on vacation and met you and have the time of their life they right. they already visioning all of this they're Memories. like go on a trip
0: yes they, yes they probably
1: didn't even do this this might be a fantasy of theirs mm. but because of your scent they In already the made this now. whole thing so now they stuck to you like baby i'm trying to see you again what's up they ain't trying to do nothing with you except for just see you and be in your presence because they like the feeling. They like living their fantasy through you.
0: And that memory, that mm. memory mm. glance. Mm. And I love it.
1: Yes, like it's crazy. And then um, what I wanted to talk about was like the trauma with the black girls mm-hmm. and growing up with these sexual traumas. It's so much different traumas in our community, mm-hmm. not even just from the men, mm-hmm. but men, I'm not going, I'm not going to be on them today, but mm-hmm. it
0: <laughs> not today, but we are going to have an episode. We're going to be on. y'all. But ass. also
1: from the women who taught us to be women who have been traumatized and never healed. Mm-hmm. They go. They went ahead and taught us these practices from hurt not Mm -hmm. from not from a healed place yeah so we learned oh women are to be seen and not heard Mm. we don't need a voice yeah women are to stay home they are to listen Mm -hmm. they are not to to submit
0: to not do anything to not have a mind
1: the thing is you submit you have the power to submit to someone who gives you that energy to submit to You choose who to submit to. Correct. You choose the man who has proved himself to submit to. You don't go and submit to any man because he's a man and he like, he want to be in your life. No, baby, you got to prove to me you are worth submitting to. That you're
0: supposed to be here. And
1: when me, when I submit to you, that's me giving you the power to lead us. And if you are no longer leading us in the right direction, guess what? I'm going to take control for myself because now we are in a generation where we can figure out what we need to do. We don't have to sit at home while you have three families and crying until you get back home. I'm going to make it work for me and I'm going to find my own happiness Mm -hmm. within myself before I find happiness in you. Mm -hmm. When I tell you, oh, this is what our sexual life will look like from my perspective, you communicate from your side and we go ahead and make that work. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, then okay, that's fine because it's okay to explore your sexuality. It's okay to have sex with people to see what you like, mm-hmm. protect it, stay protected, stay educated, but it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not okay to you staying with one person because you was like, this is the person I've been more most consistent with, but they've been hurting you mentally, they've been hurting you spiritually, they're not even fulfilling you sexually, so why are you there?
0: Because they don't know, they because just know of what they're trying the traumatized. The, the things that was put in, in their head in the past mm-hmm. and then the stuff that they deal with now. Because, and I, I love our generation, but there's still some of us that are not on board. But I love our generation because we oftentimes, we know, some of us know when to leave that relationship, okay? Some of us know when we're supposed to leave that job, right? But then there are some of us that are like, damn, um Marriage or relationship Is not just all about love Sometimes it's about Putting up with the ups and downs But if your ups and downs Are rooted in abuse Like baby girl You really have to go Like if somebody Is not catering to you Mentally Physically Spiritually Sexually Because I believe That if you're not Sexually compatible You're just not compatible But we'll get there (laughs) Another day But If you have somebody that's constantly raining down on you about things in your past, they're constantly putting you down and they're not able to really add to you. Like, are you really happy are you or or are you really that down bad for to say that you have a partner, to say you have a man, Mm. you know, that you allow them to just talk to you and do you crazy. And then whenever that person leaves you or decides to do you dirty, you're now full full of that trauma that you're then projecting off on your other relationships, whether it's your friends or even somebody else that's trying to be your romantic partner. And that's not fair. You know, we have to heal from these type of traumas. Um, we can't allow ourselves to continue to be objectified in over-sexualization, especially when it comes to black women. And I knew that this was a broad topic. And I know that our my conversations, they do expand and then they draw back in but, you know, it was a part of, like, our history that I really, really wanted to talk about, especially when we talk about over-sexualization. Um, we can just take it back, you know, to history. You're familiar with Sarah Bartman. And Sarah Bartman was um, a woman who was put off into a slave trade, but she had a, a body. Like, she had hips, she had boobs, she had curves, she was wide flame, frame, plus size. And they objectified and over-sexualized this woman, uh, put her in a circus because of how curvy she was. And even, and I think she was Caribbean. I think she was Caribbean. And even when she passed away, they sold her body parts to museums. And her family never got her remains because they were just so obsessed with over-sexualizing and um objectifying that black woman and when you think about words like um jigaboo and mammy and tar baby and things like that were always associated with the black woman and how we looked even down to a house slave and you know being out being an outdoor slave and you know your skin color and how you looked and your hair texture all of that played into a role of who you are and even now as you know we we can talk about colorism how the the darker-skinned black woman is always the aggressor, and the lighter-skinned black woman is always the docile and the the cute and the one that you want to take home or you the one you can do whatever to. But if you were a darker-skinned girl, that she gonna do this, she gonna be down for that. And it's crazy that we still carry this over sexualization to now, not realizing that this is a trauma, and we need to overcome and we need to just do away with that type of stuff.
1: The The problem is with trauma and constantly using trauma is if you don't know it's a problem, it won't be fixed. Mm. You can't do better if you don't know better. Right. So it's just like, this is how i always been, or this is how Mm -hmm. I always thought, or they think the way they're thinking is normal. Mm -hmm. They think that everybody thinks like this. Right. But when you talk to other people, nobody thinks like this. Mm. Or only 30% of the people think like this, and 70% of the people don't. So at that point, it's just like, now you've realized that something's wrong. And then when you realize something's wrong, it's your it's your position to either fix it or stay the same. A mm-hmm. lot of people decide to stay the same because it's so much work to relearn something new. Right. And it's just like, I'm comfortable. And I've been fine doing what I've been doing, so I'm going to continue doing what I've been doing. Right. However, I'm not really living in a place where it's comfortable for other people because I'm thinking this way. It's unhealthy to think this way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's super unhealthy. And then placing these, these stereotypes on the curvy girl, on the dark girl, on the light skinned girl, on all black girls is not okay. Mm-hmm. It's like you could see a Caucasian girl, 15, wearing these shorts and this shirt. Mm, it's talk fine. about it. It's fine. But because I wear the exact same outfit and I got a little more Booty in the back. I got a little more titties. Oh, you can't wear that. You trying to be fast? You trying Dress to be grown? Code. Right. But the same thing. Like we wear uniforms in the Bahamas, and okay, you know I got a little booty. So with the we wear our uniform skirts and shirts, and because of the skirt. Is one length all around because Mm -hmm. my booty in the back, it was kind of higher. Yeah. So what they would ask my mom to do is add extra fabric to the back. So the skirt is lopsided, (laughs) short in the front and long in the back. So when I wear it, it evens out. Mm. But other girls who don't have anything can wear that. And they're like, oh, we don't need to see the back of your thighs. But why? Because I'm curvier or because I have a little more booty. Correct it's but a why problem. do I have to cover up? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because they're feeling some type of way or they're sexualizing me and I'm not sexualizing myself. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to school to learn, but y'all looking at me and the first thing y'all think of is, Oh, she, she trying to be grown, she trying to be fast. Mm-hmm. But I graduated valedictorian. So, and I still wore my same skirt from day one because I told them I'm not going to change my skirt. i can not going to have extra- my mom
0: add extra fabric. I'm over here looking crazy.
1: Right. To pay extra money to add extra fabric on this skirt because you want to sexualize me. So
0: now because you're over-sexualizing me and you're uncomfortable about my uniform, now I have to run the risk of being teased by other kids because I'm coming to school with a high-low dress on. <laughs> now right. they're laughing at me and now I'm, now I'm forced to deal with another trauma because you are uncomfortable because my ass fat
1: right or when i was in the seventh grade this 12th grade boy told me he was like your body grown but you young and i'm like my body's not grown my family genetically looks like this this is me it's not grown i have not done any grown activities that you're talking about so please stop talking to me before i report you yeah and he was like oh you finna tell um the guidance counselor what they're gonna do to me And I was like, Wow. So I did tell them and he didn't graduate. He didn't walk with our school. Mm -hmm. He had to transfer schools because now you're saying these these things that you shouldn't be saying to me and I told you to stop and you you continue to do that. Right. So now when I reported you and you don't graduate from the school you've been at for twelve years of your life
0: because you want to, you, you, you being a, a fucking freakazoid.
1: Right, and you want to disrespect my boundaries. I'm in seventh grade. This is, for the Bahamas, seventh grade is the beginning of high school. Because seventh and ninth is junior high. 10 to 12 is senior high. Mm-hmm. This is my first year out of elementary school. And I'm coming to school. And and, you
0: damn near an adult.
1: Right, and you telling me my body grown this and that. And I'm uncomfortable because of other experiences I've been through. And I'm saying, please stop talking to me like this. I don't like you talking to me like this. And I have to report you. And then you're mad at me because you don't have to graduate. You made me feel uncomfortable in a space where I should be comfortable just to learn and go home. Right. This shouldn't be, you shouldn't be adding all that. And I know a lot of things happen in high school because it's a whole different field. It's a whole different dynamic. you're growing. But if someone tells you I'm uncomfortable, please stop doing that. And you continue to do that. Whatever happens after that to you is your own fault because you disrespected their boundaries. You have to understand and know is no. You have to understand that you can't sexualize someone because of what's in your mind. Mm. You can't over-sexualize someone. You could think whatever you want to think, but when you start projecting that on people and saying these things that make them uncomfortable and they're telling you, this is uncomfortable to me, and they report you when you're upset, oh, baby, something is wrong with you. Right. Because if someone touches you in a way or talks to you in a specific way and you're like, oh, well, let's not talk about this anymore, and they continue, now you're going to be uncomfortable in your own skin.
0: Mm. That's crazy. I just know that, like, I feel like looking back and even at that time understanding like dress code was such an attack on our mental dress code was an attack on our sexuality as well. Like I remember wearing like, you know, my mom and my grandmother would go school shopping for me and my cousins because we grew up like siblings in the same household Mm -hmm. and They would get us the same outfits, and at one point I stopped wearing shorts and skirts to school. I was only wearing jeans. Like I would only wear jeans because every time I would try to put on a skirt, a skirt or shorts, it was. I remember this security guard. I remember her face and her voice to this day. But are the security guards at my school? um, When you had dress code, they would literally just point at you and yell dress code, and like point towards like the the office so you can go get like um, a pair of PE shorts from the lost Mm. and found that they would wash so if you violate it you have to wear and I used to feel so like dirty as a kid because not only did I have to go to the office I had to change now I have to wear these PE shorts that supposedly were supposed to be washed and I'm walking around with a cute shirt but I got you know my my middle school PE shorts on and I just feel so disgusted and I'm like damn I went to Target and got this skirt, but motherfucking Caitlyn got the, the same, same skirt. But y'all in my ass. I got, I got dressed because cold. Because
1: you curvy. Because I'm curvy. And, and they then, like,
0: then being from Cali, you know, we're, we're very diverse. But then at the same time, I went to a school where... Black people, we we weren't the majority. You know, white people, Hispanic, Asian, even Indian, Samoan, and Tongan culture was, you know, we had a good mix, Filipino, Asian. Yeah. We had everybody. But, like, the black girls and the black boys, we weren't the majority. So, like, I never used to understand, like, motherfucking Hillary got the same fucking skirt on as me. This bitch wore it yesterday. I wear it today, and I got I a got dress code.
1: And then when you say it to them, they're like, it's oh, disrespect. I didn't see Hold on, you didn't, didn't see, see it? Uh, Two is disrespect you can't talk to
0: adults Like that don't back talk me listen And talk about it and it's just like Even at that age you looking at it and you just Like wow but You don't understand that it's over sexualization Right Mm -hmm. like I know growing up, You're saying
1: it's not fair. Yeah, it's
0: not fair because I know in the household, like my mom, my mom never oversexualized me. My mama never called me fast, right? So around her household, my mom used to be like, "Oh, you Kai got a big old butt. Oh yeah," and I'm like, "Mom, stop, stop." And she's like, "Look, my girl, she got a booty." But you know, that was funny, and like things like that made me comfortable Mm -hmm. because I'd be like, "Yeah, I got a big old butt." But even as a kid, it was just funny. It was never like, "Oh, let me go throw my ass," you know? I just knew I had a butt. But then going to school and somebody telling me, like, oh, you got dress code. And I'm just like, can I, you know, and you sad? Can I call my mom? No. Go change. And it's like, oh, um, you know, that, I, that's why I also love cell phones now. Because, shit, if I had a cell phone back in the you day, call her, mama, they got me fucked up, you know. Yeah. But, like, I love my mom because she was there to empower me. And I, I hate that a lot of girls didn't have that mom that could feed into them. Now, my mom, she did not do, like, morning rituals and affirmations with me every day. Um, but she did do things like, you know, you are pretty, you, are pretty. you know. I come home crying. Like, somebody called me fat. You're like, okay, and are you ugly? Your shoes clean? You got a new outfit and your hair done every day. And then that's when I would get empowered. And I'd be like, what the fuck? You right, you know, because these girls is being bullies, but they ain't had their hair done since the beginning of the school year. Bitch, I got a new set braids. Every week, you know, like stuff like that, that empowered me.
1: My mom used to tell me, she was like, you don't make the clothes. Well, she was like, the clothes don't make you, you make the clothes. Correct. She was like, "Yo, you got it from your mama. Mm-hmm. She would say it all the time. However, <laughs> I'm thinking about her, like she was like, be free, be yourself. Isn't yeah. That? But for the past few years, she was like, Nikki, you ain't going to never get married. And I was no. like, because of how free I am. <laughs> she she knows everything about me. She's yeah. my best friend. But she's still thinking from the mindset that I'm going to marry some 70s man. I don't mind them old, dusty, crusty old <laughs> men trying to tell me <laughs> what to keep do. A, right. I right. I don't, not old oh men, the thinking of the toxic masculinity. Right. I do not want a man like that. I need a progressive man right. to understand we, as a couple, a couple. Me and you are two different people. We're going to make it work or we're not going to make it work. We're going to bring our differences and our similarities to this table. We're not going to compare ourselves to anybody else. You're going to understand me and I'm going to understand you and we're going to work accordingly. We're not going to agree to disagree. We're going to come to some type of form of agreement together. I'm not going to agree to disagree because that's going to be two uncomfortable situations. I'm going to go over here and you go over there and you do what you do. No, baby, we're going to come to a middle ground where we both decide this works for us. Right. I don't believe in agreeing to disagree. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's displacing an argument or some type of discussion they don't want to talk about anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's going to come back up again mm-hmm. because you agreed to disagree. Right. You both have your two strong points. Now, let's come to the middle and make this happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, the fact that she told me. Oh Nikki you ain't gonna never get married I'm like I mean one marriage ain't the top of my list Because I feel like my passion is And I want to help people So whoever I'm with is gonna understand Like we're gonna be together But my passion comes first Helping people comes first
0: and if you don't want to help people, we not equally yoked,
1: right? We're not. We. I have a lifestyle I want to live while helping people, right? And if you can't live with that, then maybe I'm gonna do it myself, right? And I don't want to do it myself because I believe in this life we need a partnership. We. Be, I believe in partnership. I believe in. I don't. I mean, so marriage is you know created from society, but I believe that you you can find someone or some people. To be with And you can be happy You can be at peace You You don't have to
0: be conventional
1: Right It doesn't have to be The conventional standpoint Like for me The Having multiple um, Husbands won't work for me (laughs) (laughs) But while I'm dating, I'm going to see what's out there and what works for me, what brings me the most peace, what helps me fulfill my goal and I help them fulfill their goals and their passions. Right. I'm gonna help you. If you don't know what your passion is, we can figure it out. Right. I'm not gonna be like, oh, you don't have no passion. Move away from me.
0: No, we're nah, not doing that.
1: No, nah, I'm gonna believe in you and I'm gonna push you and if you don't believe in yourself, that's when I'm have to be like, hmm.
0: Why don't you believe in yourself, baby boy?
1: Right. But some people got so much things against them. It's hard to believe in themselves and I understand that, but I'm not there to be a therapist. So but I can be at some point, but <laughs> not at the beginning. I ain't coming in here I'm to be here. my train energy.
0: Okay? <laughs> I'm not here to be your therapist. Not but. at the
1: beginning. Like I'm getting to know you, let's 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 get to know each other. Right. If it don't work, it don't work. For right. me, it's just for us, we have so much things we've been through, so much trauma, so much so much sexual trauma, so much women have been sexualized, they've been assaulted, don't even know.
0: Mm, like, talk about it.
1: Girl, I talked to one of my best friends, and he was telling me um, how this girl, she went somewhere with a guy after a bar, and she kissed him. Mm-hmm. And after she kissed him, he pulled out a condom, and she was like, No, I don't want to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Well, I have a dog, and you have to get out the house. So I don't know how you can get out without having sex with me." And I was like, "She was raped because at that point you already said no." And she and he coerced her. So what she said was, "Oh, I initiated, so I understand if we had sex, it was my fault. I'm saying, It's no. not your fault because you already told him no." At any
0: given time, you can. You can withdraw from right. sex. You, you can have, take you can that have yes sex
1: and say, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Y'all can
0: be in mid stroke, right. mid stroke. I'm, hey, I'm not, I'm, I want to stop.
1: Right. And sh- the fact that she, she's saying, oh, I'm the one that kissed him. I initiated this. What happened was my fault is like, baby, that's not your fault. I'm going to, we got to stop this victim blaming. Yeah. If you say no and they don't understand what no is and he going to say, oh, I have a dog and the you can't leave because the dog is like. I hope she presses charges. On she him. didn't because she blames herself. She's scared. For I have not talked to her, mm. but he told me about the situation. I was like, she was raped. That's rape. That's rape. Right. That's rape. Like I don't. Um, they don't understand what rape is or rape culture in the Caribbean. Like because it's so normalized there. And it's just like she she ended up doing with him because she was in fear of her life because she did not leave the dog. That's rape. I'm like, think about it. If your little sister is just like she kissed someone and he was like, we have to have sex, and she said no, and he forces and he forces them to have sex. That's that's rape. That's and then she's living with that sexual trauma and she has not been to see anyone. She hasn't talked to anyone about it. She blames herself, so she's going through life blaming herself for these situations and thinking. Oh, I'm the one who put myself in a situation. It's my fault because someone else couldn't control themselves.
0: See the sad part about that and I'm definitely gonna we're gonna have to definitely two part this conversation um, because we you know we just now starting to t- touch on like you know the, the, the traumatic parts of like you know the stuff that happens but you know um, just briefly before we end this I remember I used to work a job and, and I used to work with this guy and we used to mess around but he did not respect my boundaries and he did something to me one day at work and I will never forget it it was very very traumatic and the nigga bit me and everything and this is like at work and this is literally after me and him had a conversation that we're not messing around together like you broke my trust respect my boundaries and he called me into the break room asked could he speak to me I said yes so we went into the break room this nigga like basically he attacked me he like grabbed me he like you know pushed me down like on some boxes and like I fell nigga got on top of me held my hands down and like started kissing me and like I I don't care how big I am like men are strong men can be scary and like I could not get I shut down and I'm just looking at him like when I told my mom about it she got tears in her eyes and she was like he would have raped you if you didn't, like, really, like, you fight back. And I just kind of started yelling, like, get up, get off of me. This man bit me. Like, he kept trying to kiss me, and I kept, like, moving my hand. And I finally, like, head, I mean, and I finally got a hand, like, loose, and I pushed his face away. When I pushed his face away, he took, like, my whole finger into his mouth, and he bit, like, right here, like, bit down. Like, it was teeth marks. Like, girl, and can you believe that my job, they quote, unquote, fired him? But then they brought him back on some. It's my word against his, and I dealt. And I never, I I never really openly spoke about it the way I really wanted to. I did talk to police about it, and I was just after that. I was and at that I used to love that job, but after that happened to me, I started to hate my job yeah. and the fact that and they they brought him back to work too because he lied. He was like we were, we were dating and she wanted that and, that. and I I no no I didn't. You know, but regardless of like what I said, this man, not only did he assault me, he sexually assaulted me. And y'all allowed him to come back to work, you know, and he ended up leaving. Eventually, they fired him for something else. But it took my passion out of what I loved to do at that time. Yeah. And I became... Really really like mean at that time And I knew I just had to get away And um, that just added more On like what my passion is As being a sexologist um, And even like creating programs for the future Because now what I want to do Is a part of me wants to create programs That sell sexual harassment Gender diversity and trainings To jo- to organizations and businesses mm-hmm. That don't know how to operate from that standpoint Because what that, what that motherfucker did And what I could have did could have been way worse But what I'm talking about like I shut down I know what to do, you know? But uh, I hate to just leave us on that tip, but you know, I just I had to share that because we, women's stuff happens like that to us, and even being a strong woman, you're in denial that some bullshit happened to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like your friend, when he told you what happened to your mutual friend, she probably was in denial that she was sexually assaulted. She is. When we get sexually assaulted, especially as a strong black woman, we are in denial. You be, You know, like, man, girl, that, that nigga kissed me. I told him, don't kiss me. And it's like, we be like,
1: huh? And I'm tired of being a strong black woman. I'm Do tired I, of it. I want to be soft. I want. I don't want to want, I, I don't
0: wanna continue to be right. hard.
1: I'm tired of trying to make this narrative of, I have to be so strong. I want to be safe in someone's space. Yes. In my own space, in the, in the world. But we know that's not what it is. Right. But I'm
0: tired. I'm tired. You're tired. I'm tired, Nika. Like I, I don't want to go to I'm tired, of, I'm tired of answering and, I, and I'm glad that these men stopped coming across my path But I was tired of explaining Why I don't want to do something Or why I'm not comfortable You shouldn't have
1: to explain that You know no, the the
0: block, the block button is so beautiful This dude I used to mm-hmm. went to high school with He he kept commenting on stuff And just over sexualizing shit That wasn't even sexual I mean a bitch can post a peanut butter and jelly sandwich And he was like oh I bet you feel like peanut butter and jelly Nick, stop Stop. Why are you doing that? So eventually I I, I told him, I said, hey, you got to stop. He said, okay. He stopped for about a good month and a half. Then he sent me a random dick picture, which I hate, bro. I hate when niggas do that. Mm -hmm. And then I just, I told him about that. I said, don't do that shit. Like you don't have permission to do that. And then he said something else sexual to me a little bit after that. And I blocked him. So he went on Facebook and he went on Snapchat and said, Kai, did you block me? Kai, did you block? He kept messaging me, oh, you want to ignore? I said, yes, I blocked you. I blocked you because you don't understand my boundaries. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I was just trying to give you a compliment, but whatever. And I was like, seeing that's the problem because you're not apologizing. I got to apologize for giving you a compliment. Nigga, you're not complimenting me. You're being a fucking weirdo. OK, just because I'm just because I exude sexual energy just because I'm hot I'm pretty and I' seen a video. Um, this girl was like, just because I'm sexy and I'm hot that mean that don't mean that you get to over sexualize me. Mm. That means that you get to appreciate me right. You get to look at me just like if you go to a museum and they say don't fucking touch right You don't got permission to touch me, you don't got permission to project none of that weird shit off on me. Mm. You know He's a predator. Girl, but the con see the conversations they always start to get good right before we have to close it out. But I'm so happy and so blessed to be uh, joined by one of my like closest friends since I've been here in Dallas. Like I love what our friendship has become. I love uh, watching you this past year. Even like the woman you are now from the woman I met when I first met you at Poetry Night. Like you've grown. You've blossomed. You are. You've always been a woman, but, you know, every day getting closer to your purpose, um, being free, being understanding, coming out of a dark place. And I appreciate you so much for not only just coming on my show, but just being that kindred spirit that I always need. Like, you know, laughing at me, calling me an egghead. Like, whatever you do, I just appreciate you. Big bump (laughs) Girl. (laughs) (laughs) I just appreciate you, Nika, like for real, for real. But, um... Everyone, I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Duane, do you have any last words?
1: Uh, it was a pleasure talking, and I hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want to elaborate or talk about anything, my ad should be somewhere. Yeah, go ahead
0: and let them know how they can find you on social media. You can
1: find me on Instagram at, at @duanika. that's D-W-A-N-E-I-K-A, or you can find me on Facebook, Duanika. Colebrook and Colebrook <laughs> is C O L E B is in boy R O O K E and if you anything you want to you want to talk about you want to vent about I'm free I'm open and I'm 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 willing to talk
0: about things. Let's let's do this. That's it. So I'm definitely going to two part this episode um, because it's so much more that we were just starting to like you know literally crack break the ice with. So this is going to be a part one of a part two, and hell, it could even end up being a part three series. But I definitely would love to have Donika back, and maybe additionally like an, an, a, another woman or even like a man that could come in and speak with his standpoint. Mm-hmm. But as we do bring this episode to a closing, again, this is the morning after podcast with kai michelle and i am your host miss kai michelle um you can follow me on instagram if you aren't already and that is at miss M S K A I M I C H E L L E. and this is the morning after with miss kai michelle good morning